The Utah men's basketball team suffers a tough road loss at USC, while the Utah women's basketball team gets an outstanding win against the Arizona Wildcats and a prominent Utah defensive player just declared for the NFL draft. We'll talk about that and more on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown News your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. My name is JT Wistersville, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash College. That's LinkedIn.com slash College to post your job for free. Terms and conditions may apply. Also, just wanted to shout you guys out again. Can't thank you enough for supporting this show. We are available on YouTube, as I discussed. If you aren't already, please like and subscribe. We'd love to interact with you guys in the comments, too. Your guys' subscriptions have been just fantastic over the past couple of months. It's been something I've been really thankful for and lucky about with hosting this show. Um, we'd also love to follow you guys on social media. You can find me at JT Witches Show and find our channel at Locked On Utes. So let's dive into some basketball, shall we? We're going to talk about what an unbelievable win it was for the Utah women's basketball program in our second segment today but first got to start out with that tough loss for the men's team on the road just a really disappointing second half I should say because you know first half it was very close for this Utah team I mean it would go go in trailing by five at the half it was 39-34 USC the Utes and Trojans going back and forth on offense and it was great to get Brandon Crossan back for this Utah team they were of course without him against UCLA and yeah that one went as expected when you're missing your best player but it was a great first half for the Utes and even in the second half it started to really trend in a positive direction for the Utes is in a positive direction of maybe they can go and get this massive upset on the road because Will Exact actually followed up his own miss and tied the game 40, or excuse me, led the Utah trailing by just one. It was 47 to 48 with 14.09 to go in the game. So you're like, Utah's right there. They're just in it. This is their opportunity. But over that final 14 minute stretch, they were outscored 23 to 9. Just can't happen on the road if you're trying to get wins, especially with a team as good as USC. And I know they're having, they're not some outstanding ranked team this year, but we know what a tough out this Trojans team is. You got guys like Boogie Ellis back. How good was Boogie Ellis in this one, too? I mean, my word, ended up going for 17 points, over 50% shooting from the field, drilled a couple shots from the outside, too. Guys like Drew Peterson, too, who I thought Marco Anthony did a solid job on, but guys like that are just going to find a way to impact the game. He ends up with 11, too. So just a tough way for it to turn out for the Utes. They only scored 22 points in total in the second half and as i said just can't happen when you're on the road credit to usc the strong adjustments they made and um just feels like a lot of these issues for the utes continue to wreak their wreak their heads and uh for the issues i'm talking specifically about just that inability sometimes to just have guys when you need the moment when the moment is here and you're on the road in someone else's house and you need someone to create something off the dribble just not something that this utah team really has and also just that ability to hit those tough shots just Look, Gabe Madsen can hit any kind of shot, but unfortunately Gabe was off in this one. As we know, he was 2 of 10 from the outside, 2 of 14 overall from the field. And I mentioned this in my quick little now video, but anytime you get only a combined 12 points from Gabe Madsen, Stefanovic, and Marco Anthony, you're just not going to win many games on the Pac-12 in the road. So just one of the tough things for this Utah team is they do in situations, their offense, it really does seem to come and go. And that's something that's very challenging when you're on the road. You look at when Stefanovic has rough games, he's the guy for this team off the bench. Will Exact played very well. Um, 
But this team really could just use some more athleticism, guys who are comfortable attacking up top and can really take over a game. It just doesn't really feel like the, that you have that. Because, look, teams know what a good shooter Gabe Madsen is, so they are doing everything in their power to stop him and not letting him get those great looks off. So it's just very challenging for him to get going. We know how easy it is to double Brandon in the paint. Brandon still had an outstanding game, did a lot of things well, helped Utah really stay in this game for a long time. But, look, you can do a lot of things to take a big guy away, and that's when your outside shooting needs to be there from the outside. And, unfortunately, it just wasn't for the Utes in this game, 32% overall. They hit eight threes, but most of those were really in the first half. In the second half, that shooting wasn't really there. And when you don't have a bench where you have a ton of guys capable of going off, you need your best from Stefanovic, and he was only two of nine in this game, had the two turnovers too. This is the tough part about playing the young guys sometimes too, Will Exact with three turnovers. And I thought he did a lot of good things in this game, but just one of the things that's tough to roll with when you're playing some of those younger guys, as I mentioned. Um, this USC team too, just one of the things you can tell when you're watching the game, they're just more athletic the plays they can make off the dribble, the offensive rebounds to that they get. Some of that's related to effort, but other is just athleticism, pure athleticism. USC has better athletes than Utah. That's not something that's surprising. There's ways to overcome that, but you got to be sharp in other areas, and this Utah team just wasn't in this one. So in loss, if you lose kind of late at the end of the buzzer, you have some things going on there. I think that's kind of a that's kind of a different way for it to shake out. I think that's where it's like, okay, well, it was fought. We did these positive things, but in it for so long, and then have things really get kind of out of hand, I think is where it's really a bummer for for this Utah team that didn't work out for in the end, that they weren't able to stay in it and they weren't able to hit those shots when they really need to. So that's what's tough about it. Um, another thing that we've talked about a lot on the show, and I've, I've been wrong. I was wrong about the Mike Saunders thing, obviously. I thought he'd be the guy starting over Raleigh Wooster. That hasn't been the case. I don't know why he's not getting minutes, though. I'll say that. Yes, there was some injury stuff at some point in the season. That doesn't really seem to be the case now. But I, I, I don't know what's going on there. I just... Look, we went through some stuff with Dave Jenkins last year where he didn't play a lot. This is kind of a trend now where it seems like you get a high-profile guard transfer who comes in and doesn't end up really playing, and I don't want that to be a trend because I think Mike Saunders can do a lot of things, and I think this team could really use some more athleticism at the backup point guard spot, just more athleticism off the bench of a guy you trust to go in and get baskets on the road because, as I mentioned, I thought Will did a lot of nice things, but that's a true freshman you're asking to come in who still getting used to, I mean, obviously just still getting used to college basketball because he is a freshman, but also coming over from the Canadian, playing Canadian basketball as well, learning the differences of the kind of the game too. It's just, I just don't think it's an easy thing as you're trying to adjust to all those different things and what's going on with him. So I think for Mike Saunders, I think this really, this team could really use him out there in those opportunities in those moments, especially when Stefanovic is really struggling. And it's unfortunate that they haven't employed him a lot on the season. We'll see if it ends up shaking out where he does end up getting more minutes. But it's just really disappointing because I feel like he's a guy who really could help this team because, as I mentioned, you just lack that offensive guys who can get a bucket up top. The Utes really rely on getting those open shots on the outside. You don't have a guy who can comfortably hit shots off the dribble. Um, Stefan, they got a good screen for Stefanovic, a great wide-open look, and he just couldn't knock it down. That's what, Stefanovic is a guy who can do that, but it's just not on a consistent basis, which just makes it really tough, as I mentioned. Just the biggest thing is scoring with this team. I feel like they compete hard on the defensive end of the floor. They do a lot of things, but the offense really comes and goes, and that can happen in college basketball, but it's going to come and go all season long because you don't have players. Raleigh Wooster did some nice things in this game, but even he, he disappears in and out of the game because he's not a guy who can consistently put pressure on the defense and go in. And look, Marco does a lot of great things. He's the glue guy for this team. I actually wrote a piece about that for Utah.com earlier this week. Marco does some great things, but he's not going to be able to be your guy scoring the ball. He can lead you in scoring sometimes. He did against Oregon, but you can't always rely on a guy like that yeah, for offense because Marco can do some nice things, but he's by no means a take-the-game-over kind of player. That's not really what his game is. He's a guy who can do a lot of things well, but he can have some scoring moments, but he's just not going to be able to consistently do that, and that's the hard thing about this Utah team. There's not consistent scoring, and it's going to be a difficult thing for 
this team to struggle with all season long because they don't have those guys they can turn to in these moments late like that. As I mentioned, Gabe Madsen, yeah, he can do a lot of really good things, but teams do everything they can to try to stop him, and he's going to have off-shooting nights like this. And look, I, guys are going to have off-shooting nights, but it's just is a trend for this Utah team in some of these bigger games like that. I'm still very encouraged by the direction this team is going. I still didn't get a lot of home wins, but it just shows you that they do still have. Yes, and I know they beat Arizona, but when you look at some of the games they've lost now, the TCU, Oregon, UCLA, USC, they lost to BYU, of course, too. The Arizona one is kind of like the outlier right now where it's like this team is capable of getting upsets, but they don't belong in the upper echelon of the Pac-12 yet, at least in my opinion, because because of performances in games like this where it's like the offense just disappears and something that has happened in numerous big games. When you look at the best teams that Utah's played, I just went through that record. They haven't been able to win those games outside of the Arizona game, which was a great win for this team. It's such an encouraging step in the right direction for Craig Smith and his program. But games like this remind you how far they have to go still. There's some developmental things got to work on. Um, I'm very excited about the future of Cabo, of course, but he's still a guy, too. That's another guy, only a freshman, too, and he's only been in the U.S. for a couple years still, too. So still kind of learning the game of basketball. A lot of things go into that as well. And I said, I'm excited for the future of this team, but these games are just kind of a reminder of, like, the disappointment of, like, uh. You have, you have these 22-point halves, and it's just the same issues popping up again and again of the lack of a go-to scorer on the perimeter. And it's going to be interesting to see how this team tries to combat that the rest of the season as they compete and try to jockey for Pac-12 play. they got the Washington schools coming out here this Thursday and Friday, and it'll be fun to see how those games shake out. We'll be talking about them a lot on Locked On Utes all week, but a tough loss for the men's team, losing 71-56 to at USC. We're going to step away for a brief moment to talk about our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. And then when we come back, we'll be talking about the women's basketball team. But first, I want to take a second to tell you guys about our friends at LinkedIn Talent Solutions. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more effectively by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to help you fill your opening jobs with targeting tools. They Go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. You can identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect them with them very fast for free. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. That's LinkedIn.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions may apply. Well, as we mentioned, it was a little bit of a letdown for the men's basketball team, but the women's basketball team, my gosh, the best basketball team at Utah in terms of rankings right now, for sure. The 14-ranked Arizona Wildcats came to town to take on the 10th-ranked Utes, and the Utes were able to gut it out in a crazy game where they get the win. Um, Utah threw it into Alyssa Peely late, and she got fouled. She's kind of posted up, tried to turn around and score a bucket, and Man, it was she was able to knock down the free throws needed and lift Utah to the 80 to 79 win. Absolute thriller. Gianna Neepkins also came up clutch late. And uh you could, it's just so great to see the momentum this team had last season. I think there were concerns about how good would this team be because you know they were very young last season. There were lots of ups and downs, you know, second year out with this kind of core. Is there gonna be a regression? That hasn't been the case at all. They've been absolutely phenomenal. Lights out. Uh Jenna Johnson, the development she's been able to make, just all of the young players on this Utah team. And of course, the addition of Alyssa Peely has just been absolute revelation. Leads this team in scoring 19 points per game. And without her, they simply don't get that done. And I don't say that just because she was the one who scored the last uh, two free throws at, as she did a good job inserting her presence inside. But 
It is the presence inside, that dominant post presence for the Utes. The job she does establishing the paint overall for the game. She scored 27 points. She was 11 of 16 from the field, 5 of 6 from the free throw line. But just a reliable presence these Utes can go to late in these game situations in the paint or just throughout the in general that you know she can get a bucket on the interior. And she really is tough down there. She's extremely strong. She can fit, she can finish ex exceptionally well, uses that strength, knows how to create the separation. It allows her to finish through defenders who are tall slightly taller than her because she just has the fundamentals down the ability to do that we know she can stretch the defense out a little bit too as i mentioned didn't really make a three in this one but has shown the ability to do that and just hit outside two-point range all season long but peely is someone that i think you got to be really excited about when you watch this utah women's basketball team just her ability to take over these games have these moments and whenever things get kind of crazy because you still have freshmen and sophomores who are playing a lot of minutes for this group emphasis on the sophomores more so than anything else you have someone in peely who can come in there calm everyone down be that presence in the interior and get this team a tough buck it. And I think that's something great and something this Utah team didn't really have last season is that reliable paint presence. And they definitely do now. And I am really excited to see the difference she makes to come tournament time, not just Pac-12 tournament time, but NCAA tournament time, because, hey, the 10th ranked youths are, are very much, I mean, I think they're going to be there. I don't want to jinx them or anything. I mean, knock on wood, they'll stay healthy and make it there all the way. But I really think this is going to be a serious team come NCAA tournament time when we get into March Madness, which is always one of the best times of year when we're talking about college sports. But I've talked a lot about the younger players on this team. I got to talk more about Gianna Neepkins. Um, just the ability to get to the free throw line late. That was a huge clutch bucket that she drilled. And Gianna is someone who is only a sophomore and just was Pac-12 freshman of the year last year. Has just shown an ability to rise up in these big time games when you get a ranked team coming into your house. A top 15 team too. An Arizona team that fought really hard, wasn't going away. Um, nearly had this game, and I'm sure Arizona fans are like, oh, they're one foul away, and just if they if you don't commit the foul on that one late, maybe Peely isn't able to make it, but it was a foul. You could see she hit the wrist. I thought it was a good call, but getting back to Gianna, just the ability to get those tough baskets, drive in, score it on the inside, I, I think she is phenomenal. I think Gianna is a huge presence for this team because of her ability on the perimeter to be able to get some of those tough baskets. We know she can hit from the outside, too, and had another strong game in this one, you know, 7 of 11 overall from the field, but I mentioned that ability to get to the free throw line. Five of seven from the charity stripe overall for the youth in this one. They got to the free throw line 20 times to only 16 for Colorado. Utah also made 13 of those, so 65% versus, I said Colorado, versus Arizona, nine for 16, so 56% overall. The youths made a couple more threes to the second chance points. I mentioned players like Peely, a few of the other the Utes, what they were able to do on the glass overall. The Utes able to get the edge in the second chance points, 18 to 10 in this one and just another phenomenal win for lynn ross and her team that anytime you kind of doubt or count them out they continue to prove why that's a mistake because they always seem to find a way to get these out yes they had a disappointing loss against colorado but these are the home wins these are the home games that matter and these are the tough ones and the youths always seem to find a way and it sets us up for an absolute fantastic game on the 20th which i believe is thursday at seven o'clock at stanford it's going to be Fun to see how that one all shakes out. I think the Utes have the team to be able to go in there and get the upset. It's going to be extremely challenging. I don't know if I would go in and make a huge bet on it, I would say, but I really do. I really am encouraged by what this Utah women's team continues to produce. And look, as I mentioned, they're the top, they're the top, they're in the top 10 for a reason. They're the best basketball program that Utah has currently at the moment. The men's team on the rise, but the women's team. They're not, they ain't just on the rise. They're dang, they're here, dang it. So, I mean, they have been incredible, as I mentioned. It's the depth. We didn't even mention players like Deja Young in this one, too. You've got to be encouraged about what this Utah women's basketball team is putting up. Kennedy McQueen, another presence. Izzy Palmer with 10 in this one. The Utes loaded with depth, loaded with shooting 
loaded with players who are built for the clutch moments and it's reasons like that that they're able to gut it out and get these impressive wins as they did against the Arizona Wildcats the 10th the 10th excuse me the 14th ranked Arizona Wildcats Utah being for the four, the 10th ranked team 80 to 79 and sets them up for the huge showdown with Stanford that we're going to be breaking down this week on Locked on Utes. Got to talk about some Utah football news, and we're going to do that in a second. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis all season long. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college basketball to NBA basketball, NHL. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. You can find also find sports podcasts at Bet Online. They're just simply put the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info this season. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Also, I want to talk to you guys about the sponsor of this episode in UCCU. UCCU is offering a 15-month saver certificate with an incredibly high IPY of 4.00%. Plus, you can jump up to an even higher rate of return anytime during the life of your certificate. Interest rates and inflation continue to be on the rise, but that's where UCCU is here to help. It's super easy to open a savings account, and once again, that savings account is a 15-month savings certificate with an incredibly high APY of 4.00%. It's super easy to open one up. You can do it online, over the phone, or even stop by a UCCU branch, but remember, this offer is for a limited time only, so make sure you guys head over if you want to get and check out these awesome savings at UCCU and get in on the savings certificate. That way, your savings can start working harder and earn you more money. Make sure you guys visit uccu.com today to learn more and get your savings certificate. Once again, that offer a 15-month savings certificate with the incredibly high APY of 4.00%, and they have a variety of terms and options to match your specific needs. So make sure you guys visit uccu.com or a uccu branch to learn more and get a savings certificate today. Uccu, love where you bank. All righty, come back in to close this one out. RJ Hubert, there was a little bit of, you know, all the other youths came back, right? It was a week ago from Monday when you guys will be listening to this episode. I'm recording this on Sunday when Cam Rising, Devon Vele, Brant Keithy, and of course, Thomas Yasmin all announced their intentions to come back to the 2023 season. So left the question, hey, is RJ Huber going to come back then too? And RJ officially made it known that he is going to head out after five great years with the University of Utah. He battled through so many injuries, first came on with the team in 2018, had to bide his time. You look back, he played in seven games overall in 2018, then in 2019, played in 13 games, but with 10 of those being on special teams. Saw action in the Rose Bowl last year, but that was all he could do because the injury. He played in four games in 2020, but that was it because of the injury. And then in 2022, finally had his moment and absolutely made the most of it. Look, he made some mistakes in the Rose Bowl in the 20 in the 2023 Rose Bowl, but that doesn't overshadow what was a phenomenal career at Utah for RJ Hubert in terms of his commitment to the program, I should say. That obviously the numbers don't stack up with the great safeties or anything like that we've seen, but his presence in the locker room is always a mature leader for this team. A guy who shows up week in, week out, gets his work in, does whatever it takes for his team to get the win. I know I sure enjoyed talking with him ever. He was always very professional with the media too. And RJ, as as I mentioned, coming off a really strong season, he was Pac-12 All-Conference honorable mention and a semifinalist for the 2022 William V. Campbell Trophy Award. He was second on the team overall with 78 tackles. He had three tackles for loss. He also had eight-plus stops in five games. He was tied for fourth in the Pac-12 with three interceptions, including the huge one in the Pac-12 championship game that felt like kind of iced it against Caleb Williams. Also had the one against Oregon State in the red zone. That one proving to be instrumental. And he knocked down the pass attempt 
uh, in the first game when USC was at Utah. He was the one who batted down that final pass attempt as the clock struck zero on the Trojans. So RJ, just a really strong season. I don't think Utah would have been able to win the Pac-12 without him. I know he had, to, like I said, a tough Rose Bowl. He was out of position on the one long run and then just bit on the slant when it was really a sluggo on the one touchdown that he gave up. So just a couple tough plays for RJ, but overall, Still a really strong season for RJ, and the Utes will miss him on the back end. I think in terms of communication, when you have some guys that are all trying to line up and do different things, RJ still did a lot of really strong things. So he declared for the NFL draft. What does his NFL future hold? We'll talk about that more in the future. I, I'd i be surprised if RJ gets drafted. I'll say that. I think he's definitely going to get an opportunity with the team. Um, why do I say that? I think RJ's a good athlete. I don't think he's a great athlete. I don't think he's high guy who's just flying all over the field at the NFL level, making plays like a lot of the safeties are asked to do at the next level. I think he's a good tackler. I don't think he's, he definitely missed tackles on the season. Some of those times getting out of position, as we talked about on some of those long balls, I think those are kind of some of the things that ended up costing him in a couple key situations. So I do think RJ will make an NFL team very happy. I think he can be a really good contributor on special teams. Once again, a guy who's going to show up each week, give you everything he's got, be a reliable presence for you. I think he'll have a chance to maybe contribute on defense, but I think special teams is really where he's going to make his money in the NFL. Because he is a guy for me that does does a lot of good things in terms of on the special teams, I think covering areas from what he did in the past, and just a reliable presence, a guy who's not going to be distraction or anything like that. So I think RJ will get a chance at the next level, but I said I don't think it'll come with one of the 200-plus selections. Although, who knows? Maybe he can be Mr. Irrelevance. Obviously working out pretty well for Brock Purdy right now, for those of you guys who watched the NFL playoffs this past weekend. So give a lot of credit to what RJ was able to do the past year at Utah. I don't, as I mentioned, Utah wouldn't have been in the position they were in without him. And now he gets his opportunity to go get his bag at the NFL level, or who knows if it doesn't even work at the NFL level. There's always the XFL, these other leagues too, but I do expect RJ to at least spend a couple years in the NFL. And RJ's a guy who gave everything he had to this Utah team. It was so great to see him come back from those two season ending injuries, battle his way back and have an outstanding senior campaign and where he, he was able to help his, this team go back-to-back back in terms of Pac-12 championships. So congrats to RJ and best of luck in training for the NFL draft. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Utes. Make sure you guys keep it with us tomorrow. We'll be talking to Utah Gymnastics. as the Red Rocks. We're the best team at the best of Utah, not surprisingly. We'll be talking that over with Mike Lagashaltz, the voice, the voice of Utah Gymnastics on tomorrow's Locked On Utes. Also, if you guys are in the market for a second listen every day, as we so appreciate you making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day, make sure you check out the brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. You can hear from about the biggest games, from also hear from the biggest experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Appreciate you guys again for tuning into this one. That's going to do it for today's edition of Locked On Utes, but we'll see you tomorrow.